Thank you very much. I'm going to talk very quickly. <laughs> so we are in a series on discipleship where we're looking at what it means to live lives like Jesus. And uh, last week we were looking at uh, the fact that disciples are made by real people in real places. They're, they're made by the kind of Bobs, Jonathans and Ians of this world. If that means nothing to you, then you need to listen to last week's message, particularly if your name is Ian, Bob, or Jonathan. Um, but the point is that ordinary people like you and me, God uses us to develop and pass on what God's put in us to other people. And uh, really today, just in the time that we've got, I want to look at this issue a little bit more because one of the foundations of discipleship is that discipleship is done by intentional people, people who are living their lives deliberately to pass on things to others. And the reality is there is, no, there is no joy greater than when you invest something in somebody else and you start to see them thrive. You ever had that moment where you've spent time with someone and just suddenly you start to see them just take off before your eyes and you think, I helped them do that. Wow. That's, an, that's one of the most amazing privileges of life is to live, to develop other people and just start to see them race after you. When I remember uh, I once took a, a friend of mine on a ministry trip. He was a young guy I'd spent quite a lot of time with. And uh, we were in another country and we were just at a, a big dining room table. There's probably about 20 people at this dining room table. And uh, we're kind of sitting opposite each other on this dining room table. And we're just in the middle of the first kind of course of dinner. And suddenly my, my young friend, who was probably in his early 20s, started prophesying over the girl he was sitting opposite. And he said, are you a singer? And she said, yes, I am. He said, God wants to talk to you about your microphone technique. I was like, wow. <laughs> and he starts prophesying over this girl who he's never met before in his life about how her microphone technique needs to change and how she always holds the microphone down here, but she needs to hold it up here because God's design is that her voice is heard. And she start, he starts to prophesy and suddenly the whole table goes quiet as everyone starts to listen in on this prophetic word as it's happening. And it was just one of those moments I was sitting next to him looking on just in my heart feeling such a sense of pride. Actually, I, I played a small part in investing in that guy and I began to see him race up past me. It was amazing. I remember another young guy that I used to spend time with. He, uh, he wasn't a Christian, but he really wanted to explore the claims of the Christian faith. And so I, I spent about 10 weeks, every week I would go to his house and we would go through alpha-like materials and we would look at kind of, you know, why is there suffering in the world and can you trust the Bible and who is Jesus? And after 10 weeks, he was no further forward than when we started and I was out of ideas. And so I thought, what can I do to help this guy? I just really want to introduce him to Jesus properly. And I, I thought, I know, I'm going to invite him around to my house to watch a video. And the video was of a guy called Ian McCormack. Yeah. And Ian McCormack, for those of you who have not heard his story, is a, a guy who was stung by uh, lots of box jellyfish. He, he died. He had this out-of-body experience where he experienced heaven, he experienced hell. God sent him back to earth to tell his story. And he goes all around the world now telling his story. So I thought, I'm going to invite my friend Matt to come and watch this video. Maybe that'll do the trick. And so he came around to my house. Uh, he and Carol and I sat and we watched this video. He saw this guy's testimony. And at the end, I said, would you like to give your life to Jesus? And he's like, yeah, I think I'm ready now. And I, was just, I remember driving home. I dropped him off at his house. And as I was driving back, I wound down the window. I was punching the air through the window. I was shouting. I was honking my horn. You know, and, and a few years later, he texted me. He said, Phil, I just want to thank you for being a spiritual father to me. Now, money can't buy those moments, can they? 
Those moments are priceless. And the reality is you were made to live that kind of life again and again and again, where intentionally you're living to develop those around you. That's who God has made you to be. And there are a few kind of key postures or principles of intentional leaders. And I just, in the time that we've got remaining, I want to go through four principles of intentional leadership. Here we go. Number one, I am God's investment manager. Did you know that? You are God's investment manager. Peter puts it this way, 1 Peter 4.10. Each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And the grace that Peter's talking about there is that the, the grace of God that comes and puts any good thing in your life, whether it's your talents, your strengths, your gifts, your knowledge, your family, your home, your resources, your money, your, your, your passions, whatever God by His grace is deposited in your life, Peter's saying this, whatever you've received from God, use that to serve other people. Use what God's put in your heart to serve others. And intentional leaders live in this kind of a way that they realize they've been entrusted by God with something and at one point in their life, they will have to give an account for what they did with what God gave them. That is going to happen in each one of your lives here this morning. Whether you are a Christian or not a Christian, there will come a point at the end of your life where you stand before your heavenly Father and have to give an account for the deeds done in the body. That's what the Bible teaches. That reckoning day will come for each and every one of us. And even though I'm saved completely by the grace of God, and I'm covered, I'm washed by the blood of Jesus, there is still accountability for me when I meet him on that final day. There's a day where he will ask me, Phil, what did you do with what I gave you? What did you do with it? The truth is you are God's investment manager on this planet. You get to decide what to do with your resources. You get to decide what to do with your time, whether to feed yourself alone or whether actually to live, to feed others. And it's a little bit like a kind of relay race. God's set this planet up like a relay race, where actually, you know, in a relay race, the, the, the runners receive a baton. And, and the way that you win a relay race is not to hang on to that thing yourself, but actually is to pass it on to somebody else. That's actually how the race is won. You're not, you're not designed just to keep that thing tightly so that you don't drop it. Your men are, take a risk and you've got to pass it on to somebody else. That's risky, but it's an adventure. And that's how the race is won. So who are you passing on to? All that God has deposited in your life. You're a steward. You're an investment manager. Second, second principle of intentional leadership is this, is that when I'm giving, I'm growing. When I'm giving, I'm growing. Acts 20.35 says, You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Intentional leaders do not live as consumers. They live as contributors. Because one of the things that they realize is this, the way that I mature in God is by helping other people to mature in God. <laughs> do you realize that? You know, you may be sitting here this morning thinking, gosh, I really want to grow in my faith. You know, I really want to grow up in God. Oh, I want to become more mature. Well, listen, here's, here's God's plan for you to become more mature. Help other people become more mature. Because when you're giving, you're growing. That's how it works. 
fact, Jesus said, when, when you're faithful with the little, he adds more. The key to exponential increase in the maturity and growth of your relationship with the Lord actually is tied up with what you do with the little that God's already given you. And when you're faithful with the little, he adds more. When you're giving, you're growing. You know, I remember when I used to lead a youth, youth group in Newcastle and my uh, regular practice, I used to have a small kind of little discipleship, uh, discipleship group of young guys. And what we would do together, I, I, you followed the same pattern for years. If they wanted to be in my discipleship group, they had to buy a notebook. They had to buy a commentary to the book of Philippians. And they had to sign up to meeting with me every single week. And I said, if you, if you want me to help you, I really want to help you. But you've got to be faithful. You've got to be available. You've got to be teachable. And I will give you what I've got. And every week I would set them a challenge. I would give them a portion of scripture. They would have to go away and read. They would have to read that bit in the commentary to Philippians. And they would have to write whatever God told them as they studied that passage. And then we'd come back together in the week. We would all open our notebooks together to see that we'd done our homework. And then we would talk about what God has said to us through the Bible. Now listen, here's the one who grew most through the exercise. Me. <laughs> Me. Because when you start doing that with young lads, you've got to get something from God. You've got to understand what you're reading because they're going to show up and say, Phil, what the heck does this mean? And you've got to turn up knowing. And that's the reality is when you give yourself, you grow in the process. You become more mature. And actually, as you become more mature as a Christian, the joy of giving outstrips the joy of receiving. So that's, that's what happens actually even in fatherhood and motherhood you know Christmas time for me the highlight is not actually receiving gifts but seeing my kids open theirs it's a sign actually of maturity so you want to give you love giving you know one of the simple ways that actually many of us can live a life of giving and growing is through something very simple it's called hospitality hospitality in a discipleship culture I believe hospitality is one of the key hallmarks that you've really got it. Hospitality is simply cooking for people, opening your home and having a laugh. Do you reckon you could do that? I reckon you could. I reckon each and every single one of you could open your home, cook for someone and have a laugh. Just wave at me if you think you could do that. Some of you are not quite sure. But the Bible says we should actually practice hospitality towards one, one another without grumbling. And in those simple ways, just by sharing your food, you know, and it doesn't have to be a cordon bleu kind of meal. You know, you can invite someone around and cook them beans on toast and have a very good time together. I'll have beans on toast. You invite me to your house, beans on toast is fine. But, you know, honestly, the reality is you start to open up what God's given you, often which is your home, is food on your table. You never know actually how that can change someone's life just by that simple act. And intentional leaders live in that way. They give because they know they grow. Thirdly, capturing teachable moments changes lives. Again, it's another thing that I think intentional leaders understand. Ephesians 5.15 says, Be very careful how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Do you know what a teachable moment is? Yeah? Teachable moments are those Moments that happen just in everyday life as you're hanging out that present an opportunity to learn something. 
And Jesus was the past master at capturing teachable moments. I mean, here's a great example, Luke 9, 46. Watch what Jesus does as he captures this moment. An argument started among the disciples as to which one of them would be the greatest. Okay, that's a teachable moment coming right now. Okay, Jesus, knowing their thoughts, took a little child and had him stand beside him. And then he said to his disciples, whoever welcomes this little child in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. For it's the one who is least among you who is the greatest. Wow. Jesus was brilliant at that, wasn't he? Those moments in his team life where they were just doing life, they're having an argument. You know, ever had an argument? Arguments are great teachable moments. Jesus is right there as they're having an argument. Who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom? Jesus is like, right, I'm ready. I'm going to capture this moment and turn it into something good. And actually he says, you want to be great? You've got to be like, you've got to be like this little child. You've got to serve. You've got to lay your life down. And I just call this the hanging out ministry. <laughs> you know, again, it's not rocket science. You may be here thinking, I don't know if I could disciple someone. Well, you could definitely hang out with someone, couldn't you? But actually hang out with someone with a lens for this could be a moment where actually we can learn from one another. In, uh, in my family, I would say one of the key kind of teachable moments is watching television. If you're a parent, never ever watch television passively. You should always watch television actively because it's such a teachable moment. Because actually the, the, the values, the principles, the things that are important in life are getting fed to your kids, either through the internet or through TV, just endlessly. And actually those are teachable moments. They're moments where actually you can draw a line on what's important and what's holy and what God loves and what he hates. It's a brilliant, brilliant discipleship tool. You know, I know in, in, this might be a holy cow for some of you, but I hate the series Friends. One of the reasons, I know, shock, I know, what a shock. One of the reasons I hate this series, friends, is because of the crummy sexual ethics in that particular TV program. And actually, when you watch those kind of programs, now I'm not saying you can't watch Friends, watch Friends and enjoy it, but don't watch it passively. Watch it with an eye of, what does Jesus want to say about this? And what values do I want to pass on to the next generation? Do I want to pass on to my kids that it's okay that actually she sleeps with him and he sleeps with her and then they swap and they sleep with each other and that one marries that one and then that one marries that one and then they swap again and then they jump into that person's bed and then jump into that person's bed. Do I want to watch that passively? No. <laughs> Parents capture those teachable moments. It's so important. And I remember a really proud moment one, uh, one year when we had friends around for dinner and we were having dinner in one room and my kids were watching X Factor Final in the, in the next room. And uh, we popped through at one point just to check they were okay. And they, they switched the channel. They switched it to another channel. I said, I thought you were watching the X Factor Final. And they're like, yeah, well, Rihanna came on and she was hardly wearing any clothes, so we turned it over. <laughs> I tell you, those are the kind of moments that you rejoice in. You do a little dad jig on the inside. Because you're like, yeah, come on. When you live intentionally, you're looking for those moments. They make a difference. And then lastly, understand that you're here to build a generational legacy. 
You're here to build a generational legacy. 2 Timothy 2 verse 2, Paul says to Timothy, the things that you heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Paul essentially is saying, whatever you've seen in me, take for yourself, pass it on to others so that they can pass it on to other people. There's actually four different generations involved in that statement. And when you live intentionally, you're understanding that actually what I sow into someone's life is not just going to reap fruit in their life, it's going to reap fruit in many lives past them. You know, I've got a young guy, I used to disciple. He is now leading Alpha courses in his church. He's got his own family. He runs his own business. And in some small way, I got to sow something in him that he is now bearing fruit in lots of other people's lives. It's generational legacy. We've got to live and think in that kind of a way to live postured for ongoing influence. So guys, there it is. Are you living as an intentional leader? few people over here are. That's awesome. Because actually, that's what living a discipleship or a life of discipleship, it looks like. It's being intentional, being deliberate, saying, I'm not going to live life as a consumer. I'm going to live as a contributor. I'm going to make sure that my years on earth jolly well count for something. And I'm going to do that by investing and pouring into other people.